Welcome to this VIT podcast. This is one of a series of podcasts where I talk to early childhood teachers who are provisionally registered about how they completed the inquiry process to move to full registration. My name is Damien Cowell. In this podcast, we talk to Kate Fisher, a kindergarten teacher from Good Start Early Learning in the north of Melbourne. So I started my work in early learning back in 2012 when I did my diploma and worked casually, Uh, but I really wanted more. I wanted to do more um, in the early childhood sector. So I decided to move to Melbourne from the country and I started studying my Bachelor of Early Childhood um, at RMIT in Bandura. I continued to work for Good Start casually um, and then in 2016, just after I graduated, I started kindergarten teaching uh, for them. I yeah, so it's been about a year and a bit now, almost two years, and so I've been working for them as their kindergarten teacher. So it's had its challenges, and it's really enjoyable. Uh, inquiry project. Yeah. So when did you do it? When did you start? Yeah. Um, and you know, how long did it take? When did you see the panel? That type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so the first year out, because we get two years as probationary, I just sort of used that year to um, get my grounding in my teaching, working out who I am as a teacher, uh, getting to know the families that I was working with and the children, um, yeah, forming my philosophy, getting a better foundation, because now I was actually uh, more so in the field where there was a lot more responsibility. So you just get my grounding for the first year. And then in the second year of the probationary period, that's when I started my inquiry. Um, I started forming ideas and brainstorming uh, what I might do, um, but I was also following the interest of the children. So I was following to see where they would take the curriculum in the first term or two, and then work out from that information of those first two terms where I then would take term three and four to get the inquiry project done. Um, So because obviously early childhood education is very... Um, it's very flexible in the curriculum, it's an emergent uh, curriculum, it means that we follow the interest of the child to form our curriculum. Uh, it does come with some challenges and when you're doing your inquiry project, what you will do with the children. Um, but I definitely highly encourage to base it on their interest and that will help you form your inquiry. Um, so we did the human body. We had an excursion um, to the school across the road from where I work and they did a science um, class time with the children and although it was mostly on natural science, some of the children had noticed some of the human body skeletons and things like that that were in the classroom. Uh, And so lots of conversations were started from there and from that I then based my inquiry project on that interest that the children were having. Um, So my question was more about... Uh, how do I continue or how do I encourage and foster the sustained shared thinking in children when they see something that they're not sure about or or what? how can I get to know that a bit more what research can, can I do that and do that with the children and help them have conversations with one another get that social learning happening um, so that was what my question was based around using the topic of the human body as an interest to get it started Okay, and um, did you um, choose a specific group of, of learners? Um, uh, so, uh, um, or perhaps you could just explain for starters um, what your typical work situation is, how many learners yeah. you're dealing with, and does that vary? And then, and then tell us about who you focused on. Sure. 
So I have at the moment um, about 66 children enrolled in my kinder program. Um, I teach both three-year-olds and the four to fives. And we're also, because we're quite a small um, Good Start Centre, we have it as more kind of like a composite class. We have threes and four-year-olds in there. So our curriculum is quite broad, but it has um, certain sections where it's focused on three-year-olds and it's also focused on four-year-olds. Uh, and part of the benefit is also for the, for the three-year-olds especially who um, might be more academically a little bit advanced, they, they can take part in the four-year-old program as well, which gets them ready for four-year-old kinder the following year. So it's a bit more like a composite class. Most days I have about 28 to 30 children um, per day with myself and another kindergarten teacher. So we um, do like a team teaching uh, model with the children. Um, but yeah, and as for uh, the group that I chose, it started off with a couple of children, um, but then it grew to be about 12 children um, because more children became more interested in the human body. Their peers saw that other children were doing stuff about the human body and that interested them, um, which brought into and helped me think about, reflect on, theorise the concept of sustained shared thinking, um, the more that enjoyed it and did it with me right great okay so the next step um, then to think about is um, a mentor yeah uh, and I gather you obviously work in uh, an environment where there are other teachers working at the same time so I suppose um, it, your situation it might be this part of it might have been easier for you than mm. someone who would be by themselves, um, you know, in a more isolated mm. uh, environment. But yeah. anyway, tell us about um, how you chose, how you went about choosing your mentor. Sure. So because um, at Good Start we like to network with other teachers and particularly as part of the Early Childhood Teacher Program that they have recently started with Good Start, uh, we have networking meetings um, usually about once a term. Uh, and because I've also worked casually, I've actually gotten to know quite a lot of uh, other uh, Good Start employees over the last few years. So when I met my mentor, I'd actually already knew her for a little bit and I yeah, met her formally at a networking meeting. Um, so when it came to choosing a mentor, I just went through, okay, who was at the network meeting? What contacts do I have? And when I saw her her name, I was able to contact her via email and ask her if she would be um, happy to be my mentor. I was one of the first few that she um, mentored, so it was a it was a good team learning experience for the both of us. Uh, what it meant to mentor VIT and what it meant for me to be mentored. Um, but she was also a early childhood teacher and an educational leader from where she was was based. Right and. Uh... So this is Ketty we're talking about. Yes. Um, now, is um, is there a sort of formal mentoring that goes on um, in this environment outside of <coughs> doing your VIT inquiry? Um, you know, like, would Ketty have been working in a mentoring role uh, previously? Uh, I'm not sure if previously she'd been part of a mentoring program, but Good Start had started... Uh, bringing opportunities for those who were being mentors to go off and do some formal training so that whether it was through the Department of Education or through Good Start themselves, um, 
they start to give them mentors for formal training so that then when they came out to us, they had a bit more of an idea of what, what to do um, and what to expect in the mentor-mentee program. Um, so, yeah... Uh, that's right. Yeah. So I was just, I was just wondering if the mentoring was um, something that happens in this environment anyway, apart from from doing specifically oh, doing yeah, helping sure. you with your inquiry. Sure. Um, it had only recently started, but definitely with the educational leaders that um, we've had over the last couple of years, definitely the educational leaders do do their best to mentor whether it's myself or others um at the the good start centers that we work at uh so yeah so there was a bit of mentoring that happened before that but previously to doing the vrt registration and myself having a mentor because i've been in the field for a few years now i was beginning to mentor others um who were starting or new so i had particularly like i had a girl in my room who, an educator in my room who recently started and so I took her on and we um, worked together and so I mentored her in whether it was more ideas about learning stories or curriculum and things like that. So definitely there is a sense of mentor but a formalised mentoring program like what we have through VIT, that's that's definitely very new. Yeah. So considering the um, the work you did with <coughs> Teddy as your mentor, would you consider down the track, um, you know, yourself... Um, mentoring uh, someone in their inquiry um, and, and if so you know why would you do that yeah definitely I've recently become educational leader um, because I have a passion to support and mentor my um, yeah, fellow educators whether it's um, those who are older than me or younger than me I think we can all learn from each other I definitely feel like I learn a lot from my older educators as well um, so yeah, no, I definitely would become a mentor. Um, I think now that when you go, I think when you go through the inquiry project yourself, uh, you you come across the challenges and the encouragements of it and the things you learn. So you get a better grasp of it if you've gone through it as a mentee um, and then go into a mentor. But uh, I yeah, I love getting alongside people, um, supporting them, brainstorming new ideas. Um, I love it when people finally grasp something or they sort of they find their their footing um and you can really see the the pride they take in their work when when you do that so i think it's definitely worth being a mentor um, and giving it a crack um later down the track great um and so uh how did this pan out your uh did you have formal get-togethers with Keddie that's was that how you sort of um, work through the process yeah so we would meet probably about once once a month maybe once every month and a half but I was always constantly emailing her as well with with questions and ideas and oh I'm struggling with this can you suggest something else so um, we did meet up uh, quite quite a bit and we had email and phone calls as well which I again highly recommend any form of um, technology that you can use to get more information is worth it. Um, we also uh, had a couple of meetings that uh, Good Start actually did themselves where they allowed educators, whether you're a mentee or mentor, to, to meet up once a term. Um, I think we did it about twice and we could meet up with our um, mentor. Uh, so that meant that especially those who were in the country and if their mentor was in the city, they were given a few hours or even a whole day to come to the city, meet up with their mentor and go through the VIT um, project. 
So that was really helpful doing that. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that sounds like a fantastic thing. Um, and what about other colleagues? Um, did you observe other colleagues um, yeah. in their work as part of your project? Yeah. So I work with another kindergarten teacher who has also been uh, out of university similar time as me. So we got to work together on our projects, which um, was yeah a, a real privilege to do that with her. Uh, but I also, because again, I've been to a few networking meetings now that Good Start has been running over the last um, couple of years, have gotten to know quite a few other kindergarten teachers um, in the area. So I was able to pop into other centres in Bandura or down in, even in Mernda or South Morang and, and go visit them. Um, and it was great because they were also like, oh, um, I've got a mentee who's also doing VIT. Um, and so we had a few discussions about what I was doing so that they could then also give more ideas to them. So that was good. Um, but also, like, whether they were the kindergarten teacher or not, I also just met other people along the way at other centres and was able to just talk to them about what they do in the toddler room or uh, what they do in the nursery um, and how they form their theories and philosophy and their practice and what influences them. So... Yeah, I think whether whether it's someone who's specifically doing kindergarten teaching or not, you can get so many ideas from lots of other people um, because they've had so much experience um, over the years. So it does seem to suggest that networking is really crucial for an yeah. early childhood teacher. Definitely for an early childhood teacher and even more so if you're doing the inquiry project. Yeah. Um, the more help you can get, the better. Um, there's, there's never no such thing as too much help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so now um, let's talk about evidence. So the mm-hmm. project requires you to collect evidence that you're meeting the descriptors of the standards. Yeah. Um, so take us through how you, what sort of evidence you collected, how you went about doing that. Sure. Um, I'll start with the most challenging one. Um, so in our centre, we don't have uh, any students or families from an Aboriginal or Torres Strait background. So although we try and embed it as much as we can in our program, even without... Uh, having someone who, who could give us ideas uh, it was difficult at times to, to do that, that part to get the evidence um, but I went and visited other kindergarten teachers who had someone in whether it was a child or a family of Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander background and I was able to get ideas from her and I was able to have discuss, like professional conversations about what she does and how she respects that culture and how she took pride in that she was able to do that with that child and that she learnt so much from the family as well. And so uh, once I had that professional conversation, I actually rang VIT and went through, this is the evidence that I've collected for these particular areas and this is why... Uh, and that was enough to, to definitely provide evidence for something like that. Um, and again, it was really good just hearing stories from someone else about what they've done, their practice, um, how they've included something like that into the program. Uh, in terms of other areas of evidence, um, so I would use learning stories, re- learning reflections from the day. I would use parent feedback, information from them, um, I would use individual observations, group observations, all, all those things that we use already in our classrooms. Um, I used all that sort of paperwork or documentation to provide, provide evidence. You do it every day already, so it wasn't very difficult to collect that evidence because it's something that, yeah, it's a daily task. And so you just go through 
learning stories that I'd done over the last couple of weeks and I would pull out the ones that were specifically to do with my inquiry project and that's how I provided the evidence for those for each standard and area um, as well as going to some professional learning days again keeping the certificates keeping any notes for evidence um, using that uh, to support my reflections and to prompt reflections of my teaching as well um, and any notes that I took of that was really really good to use for evidence as well. Mm. I noticed that you said that uh, in the, a lot of that evidence you collect you you would be collecting anyway yeah. um, and that um, and that sort of relates back to uh, talking about your question and how you formed your question you um, you utilized the fact that your curriculum direction uh, requires you to uh, let the children lead you mm. to a degree yeah so that's something you do anyway um, yeah uh, so there's a theme there's clearly a theme here mm. um, would you say it's it's important to try and um, not make this project something different to yeah to what you do yeah definitely um, I think that was a few conversations I had with some other uh, people who were going through the inquiry project and they were struggling with like I don't know what to do I don't know how to form my question I don't know what to base it on uh, and the thing that I kept saying to them is don't make it harder than it needs to be look at your children where have they been like if you look at the first two terms and then do it throughout term three um, and if you need to throughout term four do, do it then because that way then you've got all this evidence you've got all this information from term one and three about uh, how the children are going, where they're tracking, where their learning's going, and you can use that as your beginning point to form your inquiry project, inform your question, uh, and then take it into term three and four. It's not about forcing a project or forcing an idea in, onto the curriculum or onto the children. It's using what you've got to, to form what you need to, or where you need to get to. Fantastic, yeah. That's such great advice because... As you just said, there are a lot of teachers that who are confronted with this uh, can can get overwhelmed. Mm. It's very important, I think, to 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 make that point that yeah. it's what you do anyway, uh, and you know if you can incorporate that, it makes it so much less yeah. stressful. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about stress now. Um, yeah. Did you have challenges uh, that you had to face? Um, how stressful was it? compared to how you thought at the start, that sort of thing. Yeah, sure. Um, so, well, because I was getting ready to go overseas, there was definitely a deadline that I had to get it done by. Um, so it was helpful. On one hand, it was helpful to have that deadline because it, it, it provoked and forced me to actually just get off my butt and do it. Um, but it also, having that deadline also made it a, a real and like the, the reality of it was hitting home that I needed to get it done. Uh, so... I found the panel really good. I did not find that stressful at all. It is just a conversation that you have with your mentor and the other person who, who joins. Um, so it is, it's just conversation. It's nothing too, too daunting. Um, but I uh, definitely trying to get my head around what evidence have I got, what do I still need to get. That did get a little bit overwhelming and stressful at times to go. But, but again, I just made a list. At the end of the day, I had to just make a list to try and overcome that stress and that overwhelming so I could go and have a visual rev representation of, okay, this is this is what I've got, this is what I still need to get. Um, so definitely be organised in that sense and that will help keep those stress levels down. 
Um, but yeah, I was like, I got sick quite a bit throughout the process as well because that happens working uh, with children. So that, that didn't help because that made the deadline kind of seem a bit closer and a bit more pressing. Uh, but on the days if I was stressed, I just would have a conversation with my other kindergarten teacher or with my director or with my mentor and just say, I'm just finding this a bit hard. I just need a pet talk. Um, and that and that helped. It, it, it's about putting things back into perspective um, so you don't like overthink it. Mm. And um, did, did this change direction from the start where you thought it was going to the finish? Were there any left turns or, you know? Anything? Yeah, it's certainly towards the, the last couple of weeks. So like VIT does recommend if you can do it over four to six weeks, that way then you get lots of evidence and you get a really good picture of where the child are going and their children are going in their learning. Um, but at the end of the day, I kind of stopped it after five weeks because the children had gone from being really interested in the human body to more about, well, what makes us grow? What things grow? And it sort of started going into more about nature and um, that sort of science learning of, of the natural world. So it sort of tailed off a little bit. They were less interested in the human body, but they took it somewhere else. So I started taking that. And I reflected on all that. If you put that into the obviously into your reflections at the end of the project, um, that's a really helpful way where your mentor or person who's on the panel can see where this was going. And yeah, it did change um, because children's learning and development does change over time. Um, whereas I know that some people I spoke to were really like, oh no, the children are, are changing where this is going, where this inquiry is going, how do I get them back on track? Where I'm more, go with the children, Use you can keep doing your inquiry and you can reflect on about how the children started at point A and then they've changed it to point B and C um, and not f trying to keep forcing something into it that is just not going to work because you're just going to get stressed like that. Yeah, that's a great tip. Um, so now let's talk about your panel. How did you uh, form your panel? Did you organise it? Um, and you obviously uh, felt wasn't that stressful. Just, um, just tell us briefly how you presented and... Yeah. Uh, so my panel was my mentor and also Helen, who um, is in charge of the VIT ECT program that Good Start has recently started to run. Um, so Helen and Katie came out to be my mentors. Uh, we just sat down, had a cuppa together, um, and we just went through the paperwork that I had. So I'd put it all into a folder so it's nice and simple and easy to, to look through. And they would just flick through, they would laugh um, at some of the learning stories because they were like, you could really see the children and how they were thinking. So it was, it was very relaxed in that sense. Um, and they just asked a couple of questions to clarify things. Uh, but for the most part, like obviously, if you can put a lot of detail in it, you'll get asked less questions because um, you've put a lot of thought into it and, and it's, it's there. But yeah, we really just had a conversation of how I started the, the inquiry project and where it went and how the children were going after, at the end of the inquiry project. Um, but, yeah, I definitely recommend having a cup of tea and a biscuit there because um, it can really make the atmosphere less stressful and relaxing. Great. Um, so now we'll, we'll, we'll finish up with the more sort of philosophical questions, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so as a result of doing this... Um, do you feel that it's changed your practice or you've gained any insight? You know, what is the advantage? Other than moving from provisional to full registration, 
what, what do you feel you've gained from doing this process? Sure. So when I started the process, not only did I look at where the children were at, I looked at where I was at. So I reflected on how I was tracking in my, after my first year and a bit of teaching. I looked at um, what were my strengths and what were my areas to improve on. And one of my areas to improve on was um, slowing down, taking time with children uh, and keeping, keeping them focused um, and to wanting to persevere. So that's where I obviously informed my question about sustained shared thinking. Um, and so from the project, because I reflected on my practice, my practice has changed at the end of it. I am less concerned about trying to get children to a certain point, but more just slowing it down, listening to them, asking them questions, giving them the time to think about what they're wanting to learn or solve or what problem has arisen and how they can overcome that challenge. Um, so my practice has, has changed in from being we've just got to do this, this and this, to, no, we don't actually necessarily have to do this, this and this today. We can just slow down and see and let the children think about, give them the time, the uninterrupted time that they need to play and to learn. Um, so that was really helpful. My practice did change in that sense. Great. Um, and, and finally, um, now to, to talk to other early childhood teachers out there mm-hmm. um, who are about to begin the process, um, you know, uh, what tips can you give them, um, uh, you know, from what you've learnt? Mm-hmm. Um, what advice would you give them um, uh, as they start out on their process? Mm-hmm. Um, so as I've already mentioned before, reflect on your own practice. Um, look at where where you're tracking, uh, what have you learnt in the last few uh, period of time, uh, what's your strengths and, and where do you want to improve on? Look at your practice first, um, reflect on that. Look at the evidence from the last few months of where the children are at to help you form your inquiry project and give yourself time. Don't rush it. Just give, go with giving it term one, term two, look at that, and then term three and term four. Because if you rush it, you're going to miss so much. You're, you're going to be stressed. You're going to be overwhelmed. Um, you know, I did mine almost like... It was, yes, it was five weeks, but it was more like ten weeks um, at the end of the day because um, if I was getting to a point of rushing it, I was going to stress. So, yeah, give yourself time. Um, don't leave it to the last minute uh, because that's where you will make mistakes and, and that's where you will get stressed. Um, yeah, so that would be my best advice to those three points. Great. Well, thank you very much, Kate. Uh, look, there's uh, lots of great um, tips for other teachers out there. And thanks very much for talking to us. Yeah, no worries. Um, We wish everyone good luck. Thanks. And that's it. Thanks to Kate and Good Start Early Learning Centre. And I hope you found some valuable insights to help you with your inquiry process.